0: Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, And, of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Christina. I'm Grace. I'm Mary Payton. And I'm Alan. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, we should have said, we should have Wait, (laughs) wait, I'm Barbie. Okay, hold on, back it up, back it up. (laughs) We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Barbie. I'm Barbie. I'm Barbie.
1: And I'm Alan.
0: (laughs) Every group of Barbies needs an Alan. Yeah. Yes. So we're here to talk about the Barbie movie because it's the only thing in my brain these days. So I literally... uh, we changed the entire schedule for <laughs> for the second half of our second season of How Do I Book to accommodate a Barbie episode.
2: She deserves it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I hope everyone had a good summer break, but we're back to learn you something. Um, and what you're going to learn today is how much we love Barbie and what books you can read to help you cope with the real world after experiencing the Barbie world. <laughs> you're Welcome in advance <laughs> <laughs> So we've all seen the Barbie movie. I guess we'll maybe go no spoilers. Oh sure. yeah, we should. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. We can go no spoilers.
0: But maybe if you've seen it memed, you can say it. <laughs> like <laughs> That's a good call. I feel like a lot of what's in the Barbie movie is almost like common knowledge already. Maybe that's just my friends who all came to see the Barbie movie with me the day it came out. What was everyone's first impressions of, of the Barbie movie? Grace, what was your first impression?
2: I laughed. I cried. I thought it was beautiful. It was way more than I expected. And man, I just loved it. I thought it was amazing.
0: Yeah, I would agree with all of that. Mary?
3: Yeah, I um, I didn't realize that it was going to be as funny as it was. Like, obviously, we'll talk about the storyline and how moving it was and the the message, many messages in it. But like. It was hilarious from start to finish. I had a great time. Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Mike, what about you?
1: Uh, I loved it all like from the actual like movie itself because I didn't go into it knowing anything, you know, so I didn't know to what level the humor or the actual like writing was going to be and everything. But for me, it was actually more uh, as much as I love the movie and I'll watch it multiple times in my life was the experience of going to see it in the theater because Mm -hmm. it was a packed theater full of people dressed like Barbie and Ken. Yeah. And I've never heard so many, like seen so like many middle-aged men at a movie that you wouldn't expect them to be at and laughing and guffawing so loudly in the theater. So it was just like great energy yeah. all around.
0: Yeah, it was a great community experience. Mm -hmm. It definitely is like a really good way of knowing that all of my dude friends are good allies. They're like, I really enjoyed that. And I'm like, ah, that's because you're a good guy.
2: (laughs) I know. I feel like it's a test going forward. It's like, what did you think? Yeah.
0: (laughs) What did you think of the Barbie movie? What do you think of Harry Potter? And what do you think of the Barbie movie? Tell me everything.
2: (laughs) And what do you think about the patriarchy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) When the movie was over, we wanted to get a group picture near the Barbie sign and I saw just a bunch, of a sea of people. And I just went, hey, Ken. And four guys turned around. And I was like, can someone take our picture? <laughs>
0: That's great. I loved it so much. Um, I loved it so much that I went to go see it with all my friends the day before my birthday. And then the next day, I had a big birthday bash with all my friends, all my Barbies, and Ken's and Alan's. It was just really fun and delightful. So... I really liked this movie too. I was kind of like laughing the whole way through because, like, every new joke got me so deep in the womanhood. Uh-huh. Like, every new joke, I was like, oh, it's not just me who thinks that Indigo Girls is like the most second wave feminism song that you could find like it's not it's not just me who's like ah damn those pink Birkenstocks know.
1: did any of y'all find yourself singing closer to fine with the movie while you're watching yeah, it? Yeah, I did yes. I most definitely was singing
0: I literally like when Indigo Girls came on I was like looking around being like who is who who's with me
2: and we were all with you <laughs>
0: Oh my God, it was just so good. So, we're, I mean, obviously, we're not like a movie review podcast, but I just think it's like worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that every once in a while, and more and more every year, to me, you encounter these works of media where you're like, oh, this is what we should be doing. Like, this mm-hmm. is how you do it without pulling your punches. Like, this is how you do it in a way that like moves us forward. Yeah. A couple of those books are on our list of wrecks that we're going to get to later. But I think that it's worth looking at Barbie and what it did right as kind of like, you know, inspiration for for writing and, and reading, honestly.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think that like going into the movie, I was sort of expecting for it to be funny, kind of slapstick. You know, I don't I guess I didn't have huge expectations, but what I got was like tears you know what i mean like they just like yeah. there were so many beautiful yeah. messages that i was just not expecting and so it was just a total surprise and a total delight like um i just think that they had an opportunity to do what they did and they freaking took it
3: they really <laughs> did
2: yeah i love um greta gerwig
3: the director yeah, yeah. uh because a lot of her uh, movies i don't know if y'all have, y'all saw Lady Bird, um,
0: yeah she did little women too right yes
3: and like uh i actually like little women obviously that story was already written but um so that wasn't a new one but she does such an excellent job of telling a story through these like really human interactions and so this was obviously a very different movie because it involves sort of non-humans but she does a great job of telling a story so it's it's a lot of stuff that you can learn about writing from watching a movie
0: so let's take like a couple different lenses and look at the Barbie movie. Again, we're going to avoid like big plot spoilers, but you know, we're going to be talking about the contents of the movie. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know anything about it, like just save this episode for later. But the first thing that I want to talk about from like a writing and narrative perspective and this, I think, wowed me the most, or at least like the most consistently, is the world building mm-hmm. of the Barbie movie. The way that Barbie, the Barbie worlds and the real world were so different. Like, you, no one had to tell you which one you're in. Like, it's just clear from the colors of like the houses. I mean, it all just looks very like. Almost like Edward Scissorhands, like the way those houses are, like Mm -hmm. just like like they're little toys or like little gingerbread houses.
1: Yeah, she legit modeled the dream house after the dream house. Like that is the dream house, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was like, oh, I'm going to use my own creative freedom for it. No, this is the dream house. So this is Mm -hmm. what you're getting.
0: Yeah, and it, like, really felt, even while these, like, human actors were inhabiting this space, like, it felt so much like a toy. Mm-hmm. Like, at any point, anything could just break off. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> even, like, in the
2: background when they're driving or whatever through Barbie Land, like, some of the store names are, like, misspelled as if, like, a child had done it. Yeah, and, like, that's very just cute. These, like, little details, I'm like, damn.
0: Yeah, I think the first like big shock moment, and this is within the first, I think like ten minutes of the movie. But the first like shock moment I had about the world building is when Ken is like, "Hey Barbie, watch this," and goes to surf, <laughs> okay. and the, like, the ocean is plastic. Yeah, it's a hard plastic ocean. Mm-hmm. Like they're so committed.
2: Mm-hmm. Like there's no <laughs> the there's bit. no running water. Like the shower mm-hmm. yeah. in yeah. the shower. There's yes, no but water, she still does the
3: movements. The, like she's under the shower. She just
1: walks across the pool. You know yeah. like, the pool's like blue cellophane.
0: and it's so funny because I went to visit my mom this weekend, and she has nothing from my childhood except my dolls. She has my American Girl dolls and my Barbie dolls, and so I was going through all my Barbie dolls, and I have I have a toy pool that can hold actual water. Mm-hmm. like it can be done, but the, the movie made a choice to be like, "No, it's fantastic, it's plastic. yeah, mm-hmm. like we're going we're going full plastic.. <laughs> And then, like another part of the world building is like the way the dolls moved. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. like when the car crashes, it like bonks around in the sky, like as if a toddler is like, "Oh, and they're crashed." Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And like when Barbie like is like lays down on the ground, she's like stiff, like a Barbie, and she like falls over, like a Barbie would. Like Mm -hmm. that's also really wonderful world building.
3: I love that moment so much, Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when she floats off the house as though a child is like actually taking her and moving her yeah. from the top yes. to the bottom because that's yeah. how Barbie moves in the Barbie dream house.
2: But I think mm-hmm. that yeah. the point of all this is that you can incorporate this into your writing, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like the way that you can look at Barbie world and be like, This is Barbie world, this is not the real world. Like, think about like maybe parts of like Middle earth, you know, you get like a a snippet of it and you're like, that feels different. Like that feels mm-hmm. really specific. Like that feels like middle earth um, or like star Wars. You could watch like six seconds of like non-main characters in star Wars, just like doing a space thing. And it's like that's star Wars because mm-hmm. it has such a vibe. It's like how it looks and how the world looks like it would feel, you know, and like how it looks like things are interacting in that world are like so specific and like that you can incorporate it in small ways into your writing. Mm -hmm. like the barbie movie
2: yeah Mm
4: -hmm.
3: yeah setting is setting is so important and obviously when you're building an entire world it's even more important but in any sort of writing creating a setting that your your reader can really picture uh before you create the action and the dialogue in it um fully really helps your reader be able to even see the action when it comes up. Like it helps you better picture the whole story as it goes on. If you can create your setting Mm -hmm. in that strong way. Yeah.
1: I would love to see how they, uh, how this was all written, you know, in the script mm-hmm. and description. Oh, my God. And I stage descriptions and everything. Because yes, a movie's it's... easy. It's like, well, not easy. It's easy to visualize a movie because you're watching <laughs> Mike it.
0: Mike, who has never written right. a movie. Right, I got like, this. Writing movies is easy. <laughs> so easy. What I
1: mean is like seeing it as a viewer, as the the watcher, you know, as a reader of a book. Right. Or the watcher of a movie. When you're watching the movie, it's there for you. But if you're reading it, how are you guaranteed you're going to get what you're seeing? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a challenge in that, so I'd love to see how they wrote it down Mm -hmm. when they're making the stage.
0: I was thinking that, like, I was thinking, how does someone just, like, write this without being, like, this is too silly. Like, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Like, the way that I said they don't hold their punches, like, I feel like a lot of writers would be like, this is too silly. Mm
3: -hmm. But
0: they didn't. Yeah. And it really paid off. And I think it's worth noting that, even though there was a wonderful opening montage mm-hmm. that kind of presented you with like a little Barbie morning. It wasn't, there was no like gladrial prologue mm-hmm. of like, here's Barbie. She lives in a Barbie world. Everything's made out of plastic. Even the water, like the Kens live in a dorm somewhere. We don't know. And like, it's sunshiny every day. Like it, it's not all like lumped. Into the beginning. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: that is also a really good tip to take away for writing is like throughout the whole movie we learn more about Barbie Worlds. Like mm-hmm. that joke about where did the Kens live is at least past the halfway <laughs> mark. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't know where they live. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Um What's, like, another writing thing that we could talk about when it comes to Barbie?
1: I would say uh, just character development, especially when you have so many people with the same names.
0: Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point because, and let's not, there were some really good character arcs that we're not going to spoil because Mm -hmm. that's spoiling. But I think you're totally right. Like, even in that opening montage, like, there's, they're all named Barbie, but... You can they are all doing different things like it doesn't matter that they all have the same name. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) I think the story arc was really strong, Um, even though there were. And of course, we won't spoil that either. But uh, even though there was a lot going on, different um, characters and smaller storylines, the one strong, the one main story arc that Barbie was going through, went through the, you know, the entire movie from start to finish
0: as our hero.
3: Yes. Yeah. Every her every day to something happens that changes her circumstances to um, her mm-hmm. going on this epic journey
2: to figure out how to solve
3: she it. She actually
0: has a vi- she has a very classic hero's journey. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Very.
2: But it was kind of a uh, like an opposite Wizard of Oz. Hmm.
0: Trying to get your home to be normal. Oh wait. Yeah. Wait, explain like she's <laughs> like she starts at, it's like she starts out in oz and then oh, yeah know. okay yeah. she i see i see mm-hmm. barbie really does have a classic hero's journey like i i just i'm you know i didn't notice it while i was watching it but like almost every movie really is a classic hero's journey but yeah. she like starts out in her little life. She has her bit of a call to action when things aren't going the way that they always go. She goes to seek help from like a sage old wizard mm-hmm. <laughs> aka weird barbie. <laughs> and barbie. this wizard is like I can teach you like red pill blue pill like I can teach you and or heal. <laughs> there's there's the refusal of the call uh-huh. where Barbie's like I'll take the high heel, thank you. Yeah. And then there's the being thrust into it anyway, because they're like, "No, you need, well, you need to go on this adventure." Um, I think that's very funny. It's mm-hmm. like Harry Potter, Frodo Baggins, Luke Skywalker, and Barbie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's accurate though.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: She is a hero. It Makes for
0: a great story. Yeah, it yeah. makes for like a great story. That's why people keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that the dialogue was so fun and good. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I really liked the way it seemed to sort of seamlessly go like uh, seamlessly oscillate back and forth between doll dialogue and like very organic human dialogue. And especially once we get to Gloria, that's America Ferrera's character. Cause she's like the human that comes into the scene. But like, even the way that the, Barbies and the Kens and the, the Alan are all talking to each other. Is It is almost like a bunch of little kids. Like, boop, boop, yeah. boop. <laughs> hi, Barbie. And then your friend is like, oh, hi, Barbie. <laughs> In the fact yeah. that Ken is like,
3: my job is beach. That's something that a kid would say <laughs> when they have Ken. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> funny. Not surfing, common misconception. <laughs> Not
1: lifeguard. Beach. He's Just
0: beach. He's so funny yeah and it was like convincing like the way that Ryan Gosling looked delivering those completely ridiculous mm-hmm. lines you're like buying it yeah so I, th- I think that also says something about like putting the right words in the right character's mouth you know
4: mm-hmm.
0: like the things that Ken was saying like Barbie wouldn't say those things like Ryan right. Gosling has to do it or we're not buying it
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and I you talked
3: about how how do they know what was, like, too silly, and it seems like they went for it with the silliness. I think part of that, too, is that they were so... The energy was so genuine, and that's why the movie felt so good while watching it, too, is, like, it's just, like, a wholesome, genuine... Like, they are being silly, but they don't really know that it's silly to the world. They're just being kind to each other, and they're being excited about stuff, which is not... You know, humans tend to play it cool... Um, things are scary you people don't are jaded. Greet
0: everyone at the beach right
3: right but in barbie mm-hmm. world like everyone's so excited to see everyone and it just made the made the story feel so good so it's silly but it it felt ri-
0: exactly right yeah truly people describe me as like a golden retriever like i'm saying hi i'm leaning out the window like i'm trying to <laughs> hug you i'm like damn barbie world why can't i live there yes yeah. i fit right in <laughs>
1: And even with y'all talking about how the delivery of the lines, even if it was something silly, it was delivered like such heart and endearing, you know, through the Barbie or Ken's voice or Alan's voice. Truly in the whole entire film, the only person, and this comes as no surprise, who delivered any of their lines that I saw as silly was Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah, And he's a human and he's Will Ferrell. Yeah. He's you know. playing
0: a pair Like they were like Will Ferrell. We need you to play Will Ferrell in this movie. Yeah. Correct. He's like, <laughs> I, I, got got it.
4: Got I got it.
1: I got it. He you. says, "Call so me funny. mother," and she goes, "No, yeah. thank you."
4: <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> Speaking of, how do you know what's too silly? Tell me if you guys have heard this because I heard this just floating around on the interwebs. The algorithm knows by now that I'm trying to see Barbie content, and I have heard tell a couple from a couple different sources that they filmed a fart opera for this movie and decided to not go with it. So maybe what? that's how you figure I out don't. if something's too silly is you film it. And then you're like, no, I'm, I'm so know what what that glad means. that didn't happen. I think you do know what it means. Grace. Mm-hmm. Do I? What do you think a fart opera is? <laughs> I guess yeah, I just don't understand. It doesn't make sense in the
3: context of a Barbie world.
0: Unless the kids are doing a fart opera, the kids who are playing with the Barbies (laughs) are like, (laughs) I'm just trying to see (laughs) when that would have happened in the plot. I don't know. Okay. Let me just, I think it was during the dance sequence. Barbie.
1: I was going to say, it's got to be a dance sequence.
0: (laughs) Okay. This is from Teen Vogue. That's just the first thing that came up, but there, I trust a reliable source. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Vulture. I don't know, man. Um, (laughs) Release, it's called Release the Barbie Fart Opera Cut. Don't. Um, Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie was supposed to include a fart opera. We've always tried to get in a proper fart joke and we've never done it, Gerwig said. We had like a fart opera in the middle of Barbie. I thought it was really funny and that was not the consensus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of glad she was outvoted.
0: (laughs) Me too.
1: Oh
0: my God. That sounds like maybe
3: there
1: was just like... A bunch of like
3: (laughs) people farting, or you know, making fart sounds. It doesn't sound like it was an actual
1: opera. Maybe I think Will Ferrell suggested it.
2: Probably,
0: (laughs)
1: probably.
2: um,
0: It sounds like Greta Gerwig suggested it because she's the way she says she keeps trying to get them in her movies.
1: Oh right, right. She's
0: like, it didn't happen in Little Women. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Listen to what the editor said. It was in the wrong place too. We need to work it into a more significant narrative moment next time. A more
2: significant (laughs) narrative moment?
0: Interesting.
3: Sounds like they wanted
2: more.
0: It's Hmm. just just so funny. Another thing that I really liked about this movie is that something that I try to tell our authors is like, I think that it's really good to write aspirationally. And what I mean by that is like, it's sometimes good to write like a slightly better world than the Hmm. one we live in. Mm-hmm. For example, I am pretty firm about my authors uh, like mo- having their characters model asking for pronouns when they meet someone new, even though not everyone is good at remembering that in real life all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. That's something that we should all be doing, and so, like, especially... In fiction for kids, it's like, yeah, show them that when you meet someone new, you say, hi, this is my name and these are my pronouns. Even if like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. in the Barbie movie, it's like, what if the Supreme Supreme Court was all incredibly beautiful women? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I think that the aspirational nature of Barbie is like the whole charm of it. You know? Yes. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. That's like, that was her whole, po- you know, point in being created. So that's why that, that feeling Any barbies can, yeah 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 um yeah. and that's why that i guess that feeling can g- come through so strongly in this movie too Hmm.
0: yeah i definitely so barbie was created because um oh my god what was her name ruth handler ruth handler thank mm-hmm. you wanted like sh- like all of the dolls were babies so c- little girls could only pretend to be a mom and Ruth Handler was like what if we give them more options and so like she wanted an adult doll that was like doing all these things as an adult so including being a mom so that lol midge so that <laughs> um these little girls who are playing with her can can yeah be aspirational they can be like oh i want to be a sexy vet doctor. I, I'm the Barbies that I was looking through yesterday. I was like, why is this vet's jacket like satin? <laughs> like, why oh. is this the material? She's got like sparkly leggings. <laughs> <laughs> but and then it, like at, at the same time, it tells girls that like being an astronaut and being a girly girl, can, are, you can do both. Mm-hmm. Like, look, like Barbie can do both, and so can you. Like, it's not unfeminine to be an astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. For example. Yeah. We can have it all, baby. We can have it all. Um,
2: Another thing that I liked about this movie was, like, all the different little conflicts that were happening. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there was obviously the conflict with the Will Ferrell character. Then there was conflict among the Kens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was Barbie internal conflict, you know, that she was dealing with. I just thought it was all handled really well. And sometimes in a funny way, that gave you some, like, comedic relief. But sometimes in a very serious way that really mm-hmm. made you think so.
0: Yeah. And it's like in writing, we would call it like Barbie's personal journey is like the A plot. Ken's thing, her thing with Ken is like the B plot. Will Ferrell's like C- America <laughs> Ferrero's like the C plot. Will right. Ferrell's like the D plot. That's how we would call it, how we would describe it in writing. And you're right, Grace, that it's important to have these different things going on. So you can pull from them Yeah, they're all serving. Yeah.
2: They're all serving like the plot in general, but they're all doing different things.
0: Yeah. Cool. So do you guys want to do some book recs? Yeah. What people can read to fill the Barbie shaped hole in their heart? (laughs) Yes. So I have a little list. I've asked some of our listeners for some recommendations. So just like shout out if you've read any of these and if you don't haven't, you should read them. If you thought that the Barbie movie was great, but a little too aspirational, and maybe Barbie should have just murdered the Kens, <laughs> <laughs> you should read Iron Widow by Ziren Zhe Zhao. Yes. Wow. Strong start. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you if you want a book where against all odds, the men in the main character's life are just accessories. <laughs> Truly. Mm-hmm. It's like she the main character, um, Setian lives in like a deeply, deeply patriarchal society, but she rises above. And all of the men in her life are working for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, she murders them. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> I love that. The front cover calls that one a primal scream of a book. I'll never forget that. That's yeah, like same. probably the best front cover blurb I've ever seen in my life.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's going like full dark. That has none of the vibes of Barbie, but <laughs> yeah. all of the feminism. Yeah. Yes. yeah, we talked
3: about the silliness at the beginning. This That doesn't have any silliness none. to it. <laughs> yeah. But it's still a great time.
0: The silliness in Iron Widow is like, oh man, he wants to have sex with me and kill me and he can't make up his mind. Well, LOL, <laughs> I'm going to kill him. <laughs> it's like, okay. So silly. It's kind of not that. Just kind of silly, goofy <laughs> silly, goofy stuff. Silly, goofy stuff. Uh, okay, another one. I've been reading this book series for so long. I've plugged it like 16 times <laughs> on like 18 different podcasts because I just am reading it so slowly. But th- the Three Dark Crown series by Kendare Blake, it's like Game of Thrones, but it's all women. Every dude in the whole series is a laughable sidekick. It's like. The dudes are imported from the mainland. They don't even live here. Like, they're here <laughs> to serve these, like, queens that are all fighting each other. He doesn't even go here. He does not. He super does not even go here. That's a really good one. Uh, quite as dark as Iron Widow, honestly. It's like, like I said, it's kind of Game of Thrones-y, but it But in a world where men don't matter. Are there horses? <laughs> there are horses. <laughs> <laughs> but it's usually women writing them. So I think they've huh? really gotten the knack of it. Wow, like they, they really figured they, it out. They, did.
2: <laughs> they riddled that one out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> A bit more of like the tone of Barbie, I think. And I think y'all might remember me when I read this one, Beauty Queens by Libba Bray. <gasps> mm-hmm. I was yes. hoping you'd mention this
1: one. I just looked it up to make sure I got the title right. Like she has yes. to bring up Beauty Queens.
0: Oh my okay. gosh. It is- it's Lord of the Flies but with girls and so like nobody gets murdered. <laughs> they just kind of like figure it out together. And it is the most like I think the tone of Beauty Queens is is really similar to Barbie because all of the characters are very like uh I kind of don't know how to describe this thing where like the character like, reacts in a way that, like, normal humans wouldn't. You know, like, they're mm-hmm. too upbeat. They're, mm-hmm. like, too quippy. They're like, mm-hmm. they're, like, unnaturally positive and buoyant about the whole situation. Like, a bit they're of like, a well, caricature. Yeah, like, damn it, would you look at that? We're on a desert island. Who brought their lip gloss? <laughs> like, it's really, so, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, that's I feel like it has kind of like a. That's kind pretty of that Barbie like, vibe. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. like, kind of has this disconnect from reality mm-hmm. because it's just, it's like all these, like, supermodel teenager girls. Who like crash land on this desert island. So they're very worried about their clothes and their (laughs) lip gloss. And it like almost destroys them. But they really figure it out. And so like I I think that one's really like it, it like. Yeah, it's it's they're on a desert island, but it's like not gruesome like Lord of the Flies. Like it's quite funny and heartwarming. Yeah. That one really surprised me. The main the cover of it is like a very white skinny bikini bod with a what do you call sash? Oh yeah. It's not a sash because it has a bunch of shotgun rounds on it. Oh, oh.
4: What is that called? Oh, oh yeah, it's
0: not a sash. You know what, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I yeah. don't know.
2: A sash, but for guns. A, a gun sash. <laughs> gun sash. <laughs> I'm sure they call it that.
0: Dude, imagine Barbie being like, G.I. Joe, I like your gun sash. And Joe <laughs> Joe's like, Thanks, Barbie.
2: She <laughs> <G. I>. Ken.
1: <laughs> it's a bandolier.
0: Oh my God, thank you. I
1: looked up what are the bullet sashes called?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, the FBI's like, this guy is gay.
1: (laughs) 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 gay. (laughs) He's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When my mom and I were looking through my Barbies the other day, we did find these like giant. Well, first of all, in a tub full of Barbies, there was one and a half Kens. Oh, Oh.
2: half. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you.
0: Which half? Yeah. Which Um, half? Just the head,
1: just the head,
0: That's <clears throat> no body. Oh, um, and then we found these like giant manly boots. Like I mean, they were you know like two, three inches tall, but they were like so big. Like Ken would have looked so stupid in them. They definitely had to be one of my brother's like GI Joe shoes or something because they were like for those so manly and out of place in my bar- <laughs> and all, with all my Barbie pumps. It's like get out of here, ew, ew. Uh- <laughs> Another book that I have to recommend is That Inevitable Victorian Thing by E.K. Johnson, which is after I read Iron Widow, I googled YA books about polyamory and that inevitable Victorian thing was on the list. Really kind of like a, it's like a very pleasant, like polite British romance, but the women are like, well, I want to date you and I want to date her, so you kind of just have to deal with it you know
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> He's like
0: all right so it's like this very polite british man who i think is a crown prince i don't really remember so one of them is a maybe maybe one of the girls is a princess somebody's royalty and it's all just very polite po- british poly <laughs> <laughs> a couple other shout outs our listener claire um recommended women don't owe you pretty by florence given Ooh. i'm gonna Grab a synopsis of that. So I like that, that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, title. Yes, school. women don't show you pretty. Okay, first of all, this cover. I'm gonna share my screen so you guys can see it.
1: I already have it pulled this up. This
0: cover. Oh, that's it. that's so Barbie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Play Barbie right. Brady. Oh, it's illustrated. Okay, a vibrantly illustrated primer on modern feminism for the Instagram generation, encouraging us to question the insidious narratives that would hold us back from self-acceptance, self-love, and our own power. With her refreshingly audacious voice and unmistakable art style, Florence Given explores all the corners of the conversation, from overcoming insecurity projection and the tendency to find comfort in other women's flaws to how to recognize and fight against the male gaze and other toxic cultural baggage and embracing sex and body positivity, "Women Don't Owe You Pretty" is here to remind us that everyone is val- everyone is valuable as they are, and we owe the world nothing, least of all pretty. Oof. Ooh, okay, so uh, okay. I'm gonna love that. go to book bookshop right yeah, now and yeah, just pop ahead. that in <laughs> that my in cart. Car. Yes.
4: Okay. Yeah, one of
0: my- oh my god! It's only 15 bucks on bookshop right now, so nice. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm that playing. reminds me ugh, I wish I remembered who said it,
3: but one of my favorite lines is like, um, beauty is not the rent that you uh beauty is not the rent that you have to pay. L- that you like pay to, to exist, exist in the this world. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't remember who said it and so I've uh, heard that too. It's, yeah, depressing. But that that one I love uh. as a woman remembering when I'm like so stressed, and then I'm also thinking about what I'm supposed to wear to some event. And I'm like, you know what?
0: Okay. I don't have time for this. It's errant it's Erin McKean. Prettiness is not a rent you pay for occupying a space marked female. Mm.
3: Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. True.
0: I love, I love that. I I feel like I need to read that book because I haven't. And just the cover alone would have made me grab it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that's something else I really liked about the Barbie movie is that it's like you can be pretty or not pretty. Like pretty is still really, really valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think I've heard a lot Mm -hmm. like the second I watched the movie, I joined like 16 million fan groups on Facebook. to it's like a dish with strangers on the Internet about how much we love Barbie. And I've just like heard a lot of people talking about how they as a child, either for like gender reasons or for like misogyny reasons, they like rejected pink, like capital P pink culture. Mm -hmm. You know, like they rejected all of that. And like Barbie's helping them. Like learn to love it again. And I just think that's so beautiful because pink is my favorite color and I think people should like it more. So this has been a real joyous time for me.
1: (laughs) That's like uh, you saying that about finding pink again on our friend Nick's uh, um, Facebook page. Did you see the one where she shared was an older woman putting on a pink dress for the first time because Barbie made her feel good?
0: Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, that made me cry. There's a picture of her in the (laughs) dressing
1: room. She's like, I put on a pink dress because Barbie inspired me. And this, you know, she's like Some of our listeners grandmother's age. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just that's so amazing and beautiful. (sighs) And like I like the community that I've found just around liking Barbie. Like I feel more connected to my friends who feel so passionately about it like I do. And Mm -hmm. then like I in one of those Facebook groups, I think it's like Barbie beach posting or whatever (laughs) on Facebook. I posted Mm -hmm. a picture of myself for my birthday party because I personally feel like I really rocked that look. You're and good. I just got so mm-hmm. many comments being like, hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Happy birthday, Barbie. You look so good, Barbie. And I'm like, why isn't the whole world like the girl's bathroom at the club? Yes. <laughs> yes. And to
1: everybody listening right now that doesn't follow us on Instagram at Wildling Press, go on over there and you can see our pictures from the Barbie party yeah. and our best Barbie and Ken outfits. Everybody.
0: Everybody looked amazing. Mary Payton did like a biker Barbie. Grace did. I'm saying, I'm going to call it like tennis Barbie. Yeah. Mike did.
1: Beach. I was Hawaiian total, total, vacation total Ken. Total beach
0: Ken. Yeah. Total beach Oh, Ken. what a beach Ken you are. <laughs> the puka
1: shells were real. My,
0: I'm, going on vaca- I'm going on vacation in a few short days and for a whole week, my job will be beach. I'm oh, so excited. You deserve it. Yes. Okay. So our, our listener Claire also recommended Roar by Cecilia Ahern. Hmm. Cool. And I'm gonna read the synopsis read well. now. While Christina's this- looking that up. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. I was ahead. just gonna say when I <laughs> when I asked Mike
2: how he put his Outfits together for Hawaiian vacation, Ken. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, buddy, how'd you how'd you do all that? It looks great!" And he was like, mm, "Open my closet." <laughs>
1: yeah. I didn't buy a single thing.
0: <laughs> I love that. I Those that are amazing. my clothes. Yes, yeah, I love the way you dress. <laughs> me too. I dress like
1: a Ken, but I'm an Alan.
0: Mm-hmm. I got yeah. my pink jumpsuit yeah. ready that's, at any
1: time. Y'all need that's me. That's the
0: perfect vibe. <laughs> yes. My husband Sean dresses kind of the same. Like a good like shorts but short sleeve button up combo. And then you like get closer and like the button up is like jazzier than you thought at first glance, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's like sneaky, silly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, Roar by Cecilia Ahern. In the singular and imaginative story collection, Cecilia Ahern explores the endless ways in which women blaze through adversity with wit, with wit, resourcefulness and compassion. Ahern takes the familiar aspects of women's lives, the routines, the embarrassments, the desires, and elevates these moments to the outlandish and hilarious with her astute blend of magical realism and social insight. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that.
3: That sounds great.
0: Um, like women themselves, each story can stand alone, yet together they have a combined power to shift consciousness, inspire others, and create a multi-voice roar that will not be ignored. Eh, <laughs> what a solid what a line. great synopsis. Yeah. yeah. Womanhood
2: is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Truly. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one, t- did you f- ever finish reading When Women Were Dragons, Mary Peyton? I didn't. You didn't finish mm-hmm. it? Still on the list. I know. Okay, well, our, our listener Alex recommended When Women Were Dragons, which we gifted Mary, the Wildlings gifted Mary for her birthday or something.
3: And, and just for the listeners, that doesn't say anything bad about a book. It's just, that's, I do that oh, yeah. with books all the we, time. We just do so. that.
0: Yeah, we just, that's just <laughs> And then I'll grow. come back to it and read
3: it and be like, oh my God, the greatest book I've ever read. I don't
0: know. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm reading six books, none of them well. You know what I mean? Yeah. When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill. A rollicking feminist tale set in 1950s America where thousands of women have spontaneously transformed into dragons, exploding notions of a woman's place in the world and expanding minds about ex- accepting others for who they really are.
4: Okay. Yeah. We picked I a mean, great When book Women for Were you. Dragons. Yeah. yeah.
0: That title alone is. I got to read it. And it says it's got an LGBTQIA tag on Storygraph. So. Noise.
3: Heck yeah.
0: Were you gonna say something, Mary Payne?
3: Yeah, I'm good.
0: <laughs> what? Say it. Use your voice. <laughs> I know, just... Say it. No, your feminine <laughs> roar. Say it, <laughs> vampire. No, I, I was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> say
0: it. Say it. As if um, you could outrun me. <laughs> As if you could beach me off. <laughs> Any Barbie joke I've made is ripped from somebody funnier than me who's been circulating a good meme on the internet. Yeah. Our listener Alex also recommended The Color Purple by Alice Walker. Mm -hmm. For those who haven't read it, which I actually haven't read this one. So I'll probably put it in the queue for this winter because I try to I kind of tend to want like more classics in the winter and more like silly contemporary stuff in the summer. Does anyone else like that?
1: Same. It makes sense, though. It's the what the weather does to your mood. Right, mm-hmm. I
0: think so too. Tune in next week because I we talk about that very subject. I have a really cool interview in our episode next week that I'm really excited about with an author guest. Whoop, whoop. So, The Color Purple by Alice Walker, a powerful cultural touchstone of modern American literature. The Color Purple depicts the lives of African American women in early 20th century rural Georgia. Separated as, as sisters, uh, separated as girls, sisters Celie and Nettie. Sustain their loyalty to and hope in each other across time, distance, and silence, through a series of letters spanning 20 years. First from Celie to God, and then the sisters to each other, despite the unknown. The novel draws readers into its rich and memorable portrayals of Celie, Nettie, Shug Avery, Shug Avery, and Sophia and their experience. The Color Purple broke the silence around domestic and sexual abuse, narrating the lives of women through their pain and struggle, companionship and growth, resilience and bravery. Deeply compassionate and beautifully imagined, Alice Walker's epic, Alice Walker's epic carries readers on a spirit affirming journey toward redemption and love.
1: It is read a, that one? It's not a light book. I've only seen the yeah, movie a million it. times.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen the movie either. Okay. I really need to read this one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. It seems like, do you ever like read something or watch something and you're like, this was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of feminism specifically, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, they really kind of get it. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel that way. Honestly, this is so embarrassing, but watching Clueless, I'm like, yes, she's really different. She's not like other girls. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, like the way that they portray like female friendship or like Mm -hmm. Legally Blonde. Watching Legally Blonde. Oh, my God. And I watched all these movies the other day because I've been depressed and obsessed with Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) So I watched Legally Blonde and I was like, these women hold each other so dear. And like in the end, none of the men in this story matter at all. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Watch Legally Blonde. That's my recommendation. I I think I've watched Legally Blonde with you. That would make sense because I watch it every like six months or so. So yeah. So the day after the day after my Barbie birthday, I was really depressed. It, you know, I'm in my thirties. Birthdays hurt afterwards. Um, I got <laughs> way too drunk off pink margaritas at the party. And I was just feeling I left kind of embarrassingly early and I was just feeling a little depressed the next day. I was like, I don't even live in a Barbie world. <laughs> and so I watched um, Legally Blonde, Clueless, I. Uh, Tethers. yes 10 things i hate about you the parent trap sugar and spice i think that's it maybe one more that i'm missing what a great i see you still haven't
1: watched drop dead gorgeous
0: oh yeah Yeah. i haven't but i've been meaning to do a i've been meaning to do a part two watch along because i also need to watch princess diaries obviously because that Mm -hmm. goes on that list and bbc pride and prejudice oh my god do I have a whole day? Yes, yes, I do. Oh my God, Barbie movie literally referenced the specifically BBC Pride and Prejudice, which is, in my opinion, the superior. That adaptation. was such a call I, out, dude. I was, I know, I was like, oof, the womanhood it
2: hurts. It's <laughs> like, they got me.
0: They got us. Me and Grace one time. Just the two of us <laughs> for like it's like six or seven hours, yep. like it's long, and we just sat there and watched the entire pre PC. It was awesome, it was really awesome. By the end, I was a zombie. I was like, <laughs> I know, uh, goodbye, Grace. <laughs> I was like, thank you for sharing this experience with me. <laughs> All right, that's kind of the end of it. We've been rambling for a long time. Why? Because I really am obsessed with the Barbie movie. Yeah.
1: No, I'm obsessed so with President Barbie.
0: Yeah. President yeah. Barbie. We didn't. Okay. We didn't even talk about President Barbie. That is, She is kind of who I was thinking of when I was like talking about writing aspirationally. I'm like, what if we have a hot, mm-hmm. young, black mm-hmm. woman president? Like that's so many things mm-hmm. that I personally would love to see in a president, but we're probably not going to in the near future. I loved her so mm-hmm. much. That line, Mike, that you texted us when they're at the party and it's like, the president's here. And then the president's like, I am, you're welcome. She goes, I am, you're
1: welcome.
0: <laughs> That's I the energy. This, this could be a writing tip, but the president gets the only F-bomb in the movie. And even though it was a PG-13 movie, they bleeped it out, which was so, so much funnier mm-hmm. than not bleeping it out in this instance. Like, I'm all for a swear, but...
1: It was magic. Yeah. That moment was magic. <laughs>
0: it was so yeah. good. <laughs> the
1: power she had in that delivery with the Mattel bleep over her mouth was amazing. Yeah, it, was Matt-
0: it was the Mattel logo. Like Mattel roast, <laughs> like allowed themselves to be roasted so yeah, hard in did. this movie. And I think that's that's part of what makes it delightful. If the corporation behind all of this had been like revered in any way, it would have put a, I think, a bad taste in our mouths. But the fact that they were like, Let's just pretend that Will Ferrell's in charge. Like that's that's really a choice, and I respect it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does anyone have any other books to recommend that are just like really big girl power energy? It's okay. The problem. It's a problem, it's a problem though. I, I know, but
2: it's a problem that nothing immediately comes to my mind. It's hard because that. a
0: lot of.
3: Yeah, it's hard because a lot of, uh, even the girl power ones, like, still end up, like, there. there's nothing like Barbie. There, there's very few like Barbie where the the women are the main characters and the men in it.
0: Like all of the major players.
3: Yeah, right? yeah. And the men in it can come and go and they're not, the storyline doesn't really yeah. change. And it's so rare yeah. to find stuff like that.
0: My first in like when I was first compiling my list for this episode I was like oh I'm going to put Pride and Prejudice on there and then I was like oh yeah the entire point is to get married that's probably not right even though Jane Austen is generally I think quite feminist for the time oh yeah but it was a real it was a reality of of her time that like that you just all got to get married like I'm sorry you just literally all need to get married mm-hmm. so it didn't feel right to put it on this list but I do think that Jane Austen in general is one of those examples of where I read it and I'm like this was like really advanced in terms of feminism for the time Mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. agree yeah does anyone have any final thoughts about the Barbie movie
1: go see it if you haven't
0: yeah yeah go yeah. see it it's a delight it's a treat it's just I was cackling the whole time like and my friends were kind of making fun of me for it but like it wasn't because like it was because every single little thing that happened the first time I saw it was like surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I was mm-hmm. I was surprised by how good and how specific and how on the nose it was the whole time. I was just cackling, like they're just they're doing nothing, but I'm I'm cackling because yeah. I'm like I'm like you can tell that their backdrop is made out of like plastic, dude. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. yeah just I love it so much I really like I'm not I know this sounds dramatic but I really think that this is like the beginning of like a new kind of feminism like Mm I I'm saying it now Barbie is the beginning of fourth wave feminism we're doing it we're doing it yeah (laughs) let's go let's go girls (laughs) where's Shania come on Alan where's Shania (laughs) (laughs)
1: let's go
0: girls (laughs) (laughs) and that's how you book this episode was edited by me Christina Kahn Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Please check out the show notes for a link to the accompanying blog post. And visit us online at Wildling Press on social media or at wildlingpress.com.